Hey everyone, Justin Lyons, founder of Blaze, back for another podcast. Welcome to my podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss the everyday struggles and victories of parenting in the modern world. Better kids, better world. Better families, better kids. Blaze family. Better kids, better world. Hey everyone, it's Justin Lyons, founder of Blaze, back for another podcast. Uh, Today I've got a very special guest. His name is Ryan Bond. He actually happens to be a neighbor, Uh, lives around the the corner from me, and his kids like to pop in once in a while and plan some video game uh, hangouts with my kids. So uh, I'm going to pass it over to Ryan, have him introduce himself. Uh, Go ahead, Ryan. Sure. So I'm Ryan Bond. Thanks for uh, having me in the studio, Justin. Uh, Excited to be a part of this. We've been uh, watching and hearing about it in the lurking moments of, of my son being over there, both sons both being over there, kind of hearing about what Blaze is going on and just kind of excited about where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I think that, y- you know, you have a, one of the reasons I wanted you as a guest because you have a really amazing perspective on things because one, you have two kids and you and your wife from, Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> from, uh, from what I see are doing a phenomenal job with them and you, you uh, you make them very socially conscious and get them involved in a lot of different things, and you, I could just tell interacting with your kids that they have a certain maturity. So I respect you as a father for sure, uh, and then professionally, um, you know you've you've had a great career and uh, whatever you want to get into. But I think that it's relevant that you know you you work on digital products that um, that have like t- children will experience or they'll have some interaction with. Yeah, I mean, even even some of where I'm at right now is different. I mean, I spent 15 plus years working in the digital agency world, working on craft consumer products, working on kids' edutainment and entertainment properties, working on flash and shockwave video games and microsites that would both educate, inform, and entertain while we went through that. Uh, and I've brought that into other places where I've been. I've been pretty active in the Chicagoland geek community, working on kind of doing various pop-ups, working with getting outreach and uplifting a lot of a community that's been really growing pretty big over the last five years. And then in my kind of other side of professional end, I work at Encyclopedia Britannica, where I work on uh, developing products that both uh, touch on the adult segment as well as the kids segment to kind of educate, inform, uh, work on digital literacy. So just excited to see how the space is opening up in all sorts of ways for our kids who are the next branch, right? So uh, books being a thing for some families do a good, better job embracing books, others don't and have tablets and phones and video game consoles really at the ready. And how do you balance both of those, both the kind of analog and the digital worlds? And it's a lot of time I spend thinking about how we balance that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's sort of like um, the good and evil of technology. It's like, what, what is that right balance? You can't just ignore it. No. But you can't let it overshoot, you know, uh, overrun your life uh, as a family. Um, so... You know, this is probably the first podcast I'll have some level of structure to. Uh, we're going to experiment with that, see how it feels. Um, but I think, you know, before we even get into, you know, Blaze and, and um, its mission and, and what it uh, intends to do, I'd like to talk about, and I can engage in this conversation as well. I won't put it all on you. It's not like a, you know, interrogation. But, you know, w- when we think of raising kids, um, you know, you think of the 
the various habits, that, the good habits, the positive habits that, that you want them to, to learn and exhibit. And, you know, and along the way, they're going to pick up the negative ones, and we want to see if we can persuade them to, uh, to limit those. Uh, and then also skills, and especially in the context of this modern world, you know, when you have, um, you know, this technology that um, can serve a positive or a negative uh, purpose. Um, so if you, can you talk a little bit about as a parent, um, for you, for you and your wife, what tends to be top of mind and when you think of um, building the right habits and skills in your kids? Sure. So we're a pretty busy family, I think, as you mentioned, and we've we found that the, the habits are hard to enforce because we're so busy. Our routine is is really thrown off through a lot of different days. So our kids are at school in general till about six o'clock at night, and then we come home and have a very rushed experience, roughly between six and eight, six and eight thirty, to kind of get done what needs to get done. Um, so a lot of the the digital experience for them moves towards the weekend with very brief touches during the weekdays. Uh, they do their homework at school, so they don't have a lot that comes home with them. So our moments to enforce and grow, a lot of those are really, at, unfortunately, their worst times, right? All of us have come home from work or come home from school. It's a high-tension environment. you got to get food ready. you got to get prepared for whatever activity, right? So whether we're going to Cub Scouts on one particular night, we're going to a board meeting because my wife, wife and I are both active, and it's how do we enforce those? And it's just a high-tension points a lot of the times. So we aren't able to do as much as we'd like. And we're really trying to figure out where those, those habits can kind of be and kind of figure out how can we sit down at the, once the dinner is done, what good habits can we kind of continue to enforce, um, through some of that. Yeah. So if you think about that, um, what do you think gets lost in, in that sort of lifestyle that I think I can relate to that? I think a lot of families out there that can, that can relate to, just how limited the time is. And then when the time does arrive where everyone's together, inevitably, you're right, it's not, they're not at their best. You know, a parent's had a long day, they're tired and stressed, now they got to cook dinner. Oh, we still got laundry. You know, it's almost like this sort of reactive, uh, uh, you know, just do this, do that, do that, do that, rather than a still moment to say, you know, how do we move forward, you know, and the things that we want to accomplish and, and learn as a family. So, uh, what do you think in that chaos, um, organized, somewhat chaos, what do you, th- what it gets lost, um, that you wish if you could just slow down, you'd focus on? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think during, during the weekends, we're a little bit better in addressing some of this, but during the weekdays, having a moment to pause, to breathe and not have so many things queued up through what we've got to get done to allow boredom, to allow natural exploration to take root. So when we try to let them explore something that is of interest to them, they won't do it because they know 10 or 15 or 30 minutes later, they're on to the next thing. They never get a time to kind of settle into a groove or get into the zone about something. So that's, that's been one thing I've really been wanting to work with them on is picking a hobby, a goal, a project that takes more than 20 minutes, right? Other than like a Lego that yeah. might take a couple of hours to work on, yeah. we really don't have anything that they aspire towards continuing to work on. It's um, both my kids are in the chess club 
And it's like, great, let's sit down and do chess tonight. They're like, no, we have we have practice on Tuesday. That's fine. Like, okay, well, let's work on some <laughs> we'll Cub check Scout that off stuff, on Tuesday. Right? Like, no, we'll do that on Monday when we have Cub Scouts. So it's yeah. anything that kind of falls outside of that has been really hard for them to kind of get inspired to do. Yeah, there's so many options out there. And I, and I think sometimes I have to catch myself as a parent because it's easy to be like, got to get my kids in the arts, got to get them in sports, got to, you know, do this at school. So it's almost like this checklist as a parent that you – you load up their calendar so much. It's like, and, you know, there's so many options. I have the habit of, you know, it's like, okay, they didn't really like that, so let's move on to the next thing. And the discussion I've been trying to have with Miles now that he's getting older is saying, okay, like, I wanted to expose you to a lot of different things, but now we're reaching a point, you know, in your maturity, in your life, that you need to start sort of uh, developing that muscle of resilience. And, yeah, and, and saying, okay, you don't necessarily have to love something, and it's not always going to be easy, but you have to have that experience of which, you know what, I'm going to stick with it, I'm going to overcome some obstacles, and I'm going to get to the next level, because when you do find that thing that you love, if you haven't been developing that muscle, you're not going to know how to achieve it, mm-hmm. right? And I, that was me back in the day. Um, or when you encounter adversity, right? Something right. That, that is hard. I mean, my both my kids were taking swimming lessons and continued to move up to the swimming lessons really quickly and then got onto the swim team. And then all of a sudden it was like, this sucks, back and forth and back and forth. And, like, there wasn't enough meets for them to kind of get the accolades that the lessons were getting for yeah, them. Yeah, the grind set it in and they didn't have, yeah. Yeah, it was like, we got to do 20 laps and then we're going to take a breast and then we're going to do onto a different stroke. You're like, this is so boring. So that was that was that hard challenge to kind of move over that adversity, what's actually there, right? To buckle down, to set a goal, right? To put something out there that says, I want to be the best in this. Um, and my youngest has just joined the gymnastics. And again, he started in gymnastics lessons and has just now flipped into the gymnastics team, which we kind of put it to the middle. He says, hey, over spring break, do you want to take some lessons? Uh, and he did three days of three hours. He's eight years old, three hours of intense gymnastics, where almost an hour and a half of it was just muscle conditioning and like that's a, yeah, that's a lot that. for an eight-year-old it's a lot for an eight-year-old and he came back excited and happy and thrilled because he can see his skills increasing and i think that's what's really important and a lot of the times school doesn't do that as well where it's like it feels very busy and it feels very boring and a sport can do that too right we're going to run a drill we're going to run a drill as well so finding ways to give them these micro meter Phillips of yeah. how they're doing better on something is really important. And when they find that, right, whether it's building Legos, being on a sports team, uh, reading books or a book series, right? Oh, I finished Harry Potter in, you know, six months. I read all, all the books type yeah. of thing. And then they love filling those things up and seeing progress. When it's, and as a parent, we have to be present enough to um, give them those accolades along the way. And and help them understand, like, this is actually really good. Like, I mean, I know that was a tough practice, but look at where you were and look at where you're at now. That feels good, right? So it's almost getting them to focus on the gratitude of their own progress so that that's reinforcing, and eventually that becomes a habit. Because, like, I've noticed with kids, it's it's very easy to, you know, just like human beings, right, to focus on the the negative, like – um, that was that was hard. Like you know, it's three days a week. It's three hours. Like I, I don't have time for this, this, this. And then you can go into that spiral. Yeah. You know. And um, like I said to my son, I said, if I listened to you every time you told me you shouldn't do something, you would be a really boring 
kid that would end up in my basement at 40 years old still playing video games. Uh-oh. And he laughs. He gets it, you know. No offense to those, you know, people out there at 40, no, but get too. out of your parents' basement, it's please. It's the balance, right? <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, my older son was on the basketball team, and he is he is just slightly better than bench warmer and was, was loving it. But he played AYSO soccer, which the philosophy of AYSO is everyone plays. Yeah. And the basketball team got to this moment where they were they were winning, they were doing all the games, they were 10 points, 20 points up. They finally encountered a team that was at least on par with them. Yeah. And at the end of the game, which they won in the last moment, my son comes up and says, I only played two minutes. The coach didn't rotate me in. And we're like, that's the difference when you move into a more competitive space. And he was like, oh, i got to work harder, right? He saw that as this goal, and not that there's not anything wrong with AYSO, but it was this moment of like, well, everyone plays, everyone rotates, everyone gets to do a thing, and that was good at a particular age. And now it's it gave him that next drive to strive towards something And more. I think that that has been lost um, in recent times, right? That, yes, everyone should feel included at a certain age, but when you get closer to like, probably like your double-digit age, you know, 10, 11... It really does have to transition to, hey, reality, which is life is competitive. There are winners and losers. It doesn't make anyone evil. It's just a, it's just how life is. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't like being on the bench, right, then work harder. If you just don't, if you don't have the willpower or, or maybe the innate talent to to get better, then find something else. It wasn't it wasn't what you were destined to do. And I think that the sooner that kids can start learning these life lessons. Not obviously in kindergarten, but, you know, I think by the time you hit fourth and fifth grade, it's a very relevant lesson to start teaching because what happens in sixth grade? You know, middle school, it's like no longer are they really looking at their parents as much, right? Those peers start to step in. And if we haven't taught them these foundational sort of skills and habits, the likelihood of them getting lost in middle school is much higher. Mm -hmm. And that's just been the whole, as you know, the whole philosophy around, yes, the product blaze can be in high school and middle school, but we got to get it at the K to five and start building these muscles and having kids understand that they can self uh, self manage themselves and they can start to work on who they are, right? And uh, build better habits and life skills. So um, I think you know, as we talk about the kids, it's as a parent, it's easy to to say, oh, yeah, I need my kid to do this or he's not that. But what I learned as a parent was as soon as I realized that I'm pretty flawed <laughs> myself. Um, growing. I'm growing, right. But but sometimes we don't realize, I mean, kids see it, right? And they're perceiving it. And it, all you got to do is ask they're them. they're emulating it. You're exactly. And you, all you got to ask them is, what do you think I need to work on? And they're going to hit you with some real brutal honesty. Um, so as you look sort of internally, um, you could you know, maybe first as a parent, you, you know, if if you could devote more time to improving some habits and some skills just as a, as a parent and just a human being that obviously feeds into being a parent, um, what would you focus on? Or what do you th- and then what would you the next question would be, what do you think your kids would have you focus on? Sure. I think two of the thankfully those overlap. Um, one of the things is that my frustration meter with needing to. Uh, repeat or enforce or uh, be a good role model, right? Helping them grow and be well-rounded individuals can cause a lot of friction between us. And I don't regulate sometimes my tone, my, you know, my anger, my bigness, my hostility. I can be a pretty imposing individual. And that results in 
both my kids retreating to my wife as the safer harbor through some of those. So I, you know, they, I don't want them to feel that they can't come to me with things, yeah. uh, whether good or bad, right? Those, those scenarios where you're like, hey, whenever you're at a party and you find yourself in a bad situation, you know, you can call me and I've got you, I got your back, no questions asked. I don't know whether that'll be the scenario yet, but you hear those stories. But it's where, true because I was the kid who said, oh man, I don't want to get yelled at. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get grounded. So I'm just going to lie, 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 and then continue to put myself in more harmful situations. You know, and that not to knock my parents that clearly they didn't want that to happen. But that's what I had sort of concluded in my in my mind. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we're real open. I mean, we just had a, a, a strong heart to heart two nights ago about some of this stuff. Right. And it's it's my wife and my older son and I talking about through some of these moments where it was like we're, we're literally on the bed and he's hiding a pillow for, so he doesn't have to see me and talk to my wife because I am internally aggravating him so much mm. that he can't even get through the conversation. So that for me is me working on, on how I respond to things. And they know that, right? A lot of the times when we sit down for a conversation, I go, guys, I know I'm yelling. At, I, I'm talking you down from yelling. And I don't do a good job of that sometimes as well. So I try to bring in that humbleness. And to your point, like admitting my own fault before they point it out yeah. in that argument. Well, you yell, Dad. Like, I know. I'm a, is the pot calling the kettle black, right? I, I'm asking you to stop telling people what to do while I'm literally telling you what to do yeah. uh, through some of those. So Control your emotions while I am not. While I am not. Be more right. positive while I just complained about my day for yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. I, 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 am a, I am a sunken ship that's already drowning, but you are still a bastion of hope and light. <laughs> so at this point, we need to make sure that you are okay. So that's probably one area that I'm working on. Um, I'm real busy. I do a lot of things, and I keep a lot of plates spinning, whether it's at work or personal or, or side hustles that I'm, I'm involved with. And... Wanting them to be to see that, I think I want to set that good work ethic up, uh, that good passion and follow your your moments. Sometimes what I think they take away is that they don't think they are good enough either. Oh, dad's always over here. Dad's always helping people. And I remember a moment last year when we were working on our Cub Scout Pinewood Derbies, and I am a Cub Scout master, and I run a bunch of the meetings. And I'm I remember all these those. I remember getting really mad because my dad was doing most of it. And yelling and like getting in some little spat with him, and then he just said, "Do it yourself." <laughs> it didn't yeah, work out. It too results well. in that way. Like, yeah. Fine, you do it your way. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but I, mine was more as a leader, and I'm helping all the other kids. How do I put the wheels on? How do I do this? How to do that? And my two kids are like, "Dad, can you help us?" And I'm like, "I can't help you right now. I can help you at home, but I have to help all these other kids." And my older son was like, "I'm sad. I get it." I love the fact that you are helping other people, but sometimes I wish you would also just help me too. And it's this balance yeah. of seeing good modeling in one way and not on the other, right? I so can I can I, know I can really relate to that because when I when we first <clears throat> excuse me when we first moved to Evanston, I got and I started working on the startup, so I had a little bit more time, or at least I convinced myself that it was idealistic. But I I got involved a lot, which is great. You know, I volunteered at the uh, books and breakfast before school program at at, at the school, and then uh, tutored kids at reading uh, with reading once a week, um, and coached. But I remember, like coaching, at least you're coaching your kid, right? But the the books and breakfast, I'd be rushing them in the morning to get there early so that I could then tutor the kids. But what I would notice, especially my daughter, you know, because she was in kindergarten at the time, the the 
the attention that I was giving these other kids um, and lifting them up, I had to really ask, you know, I could tell she was getting jealous. Um, And it was sort of backfiring in the sense I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to show this really good example. But was I giving her that same tenderness and 100% presence and enthusiasm? And Well, I have, but like, had I been lately, like, where was the balance? And, and, and I see, she'd like walk over to me and just sort of like, you know, how little kids want to try to get your attention. Um, and at first I was like, you can't talk. And then I was like, you know what? Forget that. Like, I'm going to give her a hug. I'm going to give her a kiss. Tell her I love her. She can sit next to me. You know, this is my child. So I'm not going to sacrifice the the sense of love and belonging and connection with my own children to save the world. I, I, I made that decision. Some people may make a different decision. I made that decision. But they can coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side of that, my son, though, who's a little bit older, said, hey, I, you know, I, we were about halfway through the year. He said, you know, I really it's really great to see what you do with those kids and how they respond to you. And, you know, what I mean? so that that was great. Um, but it's got to you got to be very sensitive to that, especially if you're a very giving, like help out the community, socially active person that what's it all what's it all for if you leave the kids behind? Right. And you I know. think, you know, I grew up, my mom was my primary caregiver while my dad was at work. And I never, other than a couple of moments, really got to see what my father did. He was a pharmacist. He worked behind the counter. And I, so I knew intrinsically that he was doing good things for people. Yeah. But uh, other than a couple of holidays where we get to go and visit his store and help run the cash register and do some of that, you don't get to see a lot of that. And that's the thing that hopefully a lot of this generation has kind of brought a little bit of that change where parents and kids have a little bit more of an enmeshed life where they see a little bit more of that overlap where they're that shared experience right my, my the, the movies that our parents went to were not the same movies that we went to right they begrudgingly would go to now we have pixar where an adult and a kid can both enjoy some of that you can have marvel movies where yeah. adult and a kid can enjoy and yes there are still drama movies and horror movies that they don't need to be going to but there's a lot I'm more guilty. overlap I, between i have hey, inappropriate movie Potter. night Occasionally, so What's that? I have inappropriate movie night. Occasionally, <laughs> I, I must confess. Are you a Deadpool dad? No, no, no I didn't do Deadpool, but <laughs> I watched Black Mirror with a couple Black Mirror episodes with my All right. with my son, which I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. But uh, we started Star Trek Discovery, and the first like two episodes got too creepy, and the kids were like, "We're done, we're out." Yeah. Uh, so we we ma- we managed based on where we've seen some of the responses. <laughs> yeah. My daughter, no, but my son, you know, we have such a relationship and he's just, I feel he's mature behind it. Beyond his use. And a lot of these things that people say, oh, don't watch that uh, with your son. Like I watched Beautiful Boy, which I think it's an Amazon mm-hmm. um, movie and it's about drug addiction, but it's about a father and a son that had this beautiful relationship their whole life. Like, you know, like the relationship you want to have with your own son. But the son got started drinking and doing drugs, and it progressed to crystal meth, and it just devastated him. It just ruined. So I'd watched it, and he'd see me watch it, and he said, "What was that?" And I sort of explained, "Can I watch?" I sort of explained to him, and he's like, "Well, how can I watch it?" And I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, you know." And we watched together. But what that turned out to be, as explicit as the you know intravenous drug use was and all that, what he got to see was just sort of the devastating effects of addiction. And I could relate that to anything you could get addicted to. You don't necessarily have to go to the extreme. So the fact that I could sit and watch that with him and have a discussion, I'd far rather have that than he goes and watches something like that with his buddies, mm-hmm. you know? So if I can be the first that talks to him about all the awkward things or introduces him to all the things that the kids are like, check this out, I, f- I figured something, then I think it, it insulates him from potentially being drawn to 
sort of the wrong type of kids. Yeah. Well, and they're getting exposed to a couple of different things there, right? Not only on one end, right, you may be showing them the cool, fun movie right. uh, on one end. And then on the other side, they're getting exposed to something that says, let's use this as a lesson to try and learn some of that as well. Yeah. And then you get to be cool from the conversation piece, right? Something may not come of it, but they at least know you can see a couple of different movies or read some books or go see a play that touches on complicated themes. And it doesn't have to be a conversation that's left to the side or doesn't happen. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't grow up with a lot of those complicated conversations happening very much. I had to kind of stumble into them yeah. on my own. And I think with Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and a lot of these channels that give us access to a lot of these things, they enter into a lot of more fascinating conversations that yeah. I think I had growing up. And kids can, they're, you know, they have so much access to information that we have to have more advanced conversations with them at a younger age because they're stumbling upon it. You know, or their friends are, right, they got an older sibling, they've seen it all, and they're talking about it at school. So, you know, you don't want um, their, them hearing the gospel of life from another fifth grader and thinking that that's true and making deci- decisions based on it. But that. we had the other one, the same way as, as your son, right? Our, my oldest is, is pretty intelligent and a little ahead of, of where he's at. Yeah, I was and shocked was, when I found out he was actually younger than my Yeah, a whole son. grade. Uh, but he was really into the sciences, really wanted to learn more about the human body, and probably second grade he learned all about reproduction and how all of that worked oh, but we wow. said look we're gonna we're gonna teach you this and then there was another book i think in third grade that we read which was the next advanced tier that said if we equip you with this information you cannot be running around school we're not that but we trust you with this information but here's what we do challenge you with is that if you do have correct information and someone is spreading misinformation yeah we ask you to like check your courage and if you can step into that conversation, do so with the correct information. Um, and when that's about male bodies or female bodies or different changes that our bodies go through, it's probably better to still fix the, the rumor mill of whatever thing is than, than your uncomfortableness. And you'll actually probably be looked at as pretty cool if you know some of that. But it's not a weapon, right? It's a it's a right thing to kind of deal out. But he's going to know it with a certain restraint and maturity, rather than I heard it from my big brother. Check this out, right? Because you had that as a parent, you had that conversation, right? You hope. I mean, they're still going to be like, check this. You well, know? and that whole idea of finding the like the secret stash of of nudie magazines in the woods type of thing, or or an old. Did you brother. just make a confession? I I, may, I um, I'm not saying anything right now. Uh, That's so like it, 1990s nudie mags in the woods. Like. It is. It is. Uh, may, may <laughs> Pre-digital. Have, have some. Right. But, but with the digital now, right? Or if it was someone's older sibling, right? You go over to their house and an older brother uh, had stuff. Check and, out my older brother's uh, internet history. Look yeah. at it. Check this out. <laughs> he didn't clear it this time. Oh, boy. Look at it. What's all this Craigslist stuff? So <laughs> yeah, that's that was where now they can get to it in one click accidentally and stumble into a place where when I was growing up, you know, whether it was the magazines that you could get to or it was a 300 baud modem, you know, that would take an hour to download a picture. Now they can get to something and, and you can't take that away. Once yeah. they've seen it or read it or been exposed to it, now it's it's in the zeitgeist. It's that actually, in- actually brings up a good point. And I hadn't thought about this for a while, but it was one of the sort of core motivations of wh- how I built Blaze and wanted to be different than other solutions that were out there, which is, you know, when you hear stuff like that, I think a lot of, and there's a big market and there's, there's technology and products and all that out there doing it, which is more of like, let me put a, like a wall around my kid. Let me, 
let me go into the path of restriction and control and oversight. Um, and while that, you know, that's important, my philosophy is, you know, like, no, let's empower them. Let's talk to them. Let's connect with them. Let's teach them how to navigate life in a responsible way. So, you know, we don't have to react and go, oh, crap, let's cut down, let's cut off the internet. Let's, mm-hmm. right. And then we go to all these extremes and, and, you know, it's this top down, you know, it's the same as like a reward and punishment system, very top down, very controlling, very, I'm the parent up here, you're the kid down there. And as you're talking, one of the reasons we connect is like, no, we, we see our kids as equals to, to the extent that, you know, like we're not better than them. We're, we see their potential and we want to, to grow it and nourish it. Yes, we have to put boundaries, but they don't have to be like controls because we don't trust them, right? We, you know, it, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a wild, wild west out there, but we're going to be side by side. And when we see things and experience things, we're going to talk about it. Well, and that's a wonderful opportunity when you say, you know, it doesn't have to be top down. It also can be bottom up, right? For the, for the parents that don't understand Fortnite or whatever the latest craze du jour of the moment is yeah. and go, oh, my kid just does this thing. That's your opportunity to go and sit down and go, well, tell me about this Fortnite. What is, yeah. how is this, what, what are you doing here? How does this work? Right. And you may not be able to pick up a controller and play alongside them. Oh, I tried. You tried, huh? I had to yell at him because he got frustrated and yelled at me and made me feel very small. <laughs> I was like, this is how you treat your friends when they play? No, just you, daddy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, you like to believe that, right? Yeah. And, and that's what I, that's what I enjoy where you can sit down. Thankfully, I'm a gamer, so I'm, it's not a foreign language, yeah. but it is a moment where I may not be playing that particular game. And then so why don't you show me what do you like about this game? What's really neat about this? What, where do you, you know, collaborate on these moments? And when they play on the headset and they start talking with their friends, we have a uh, Xbox connect and the speaker can broadcast to the whole room. So we gave him about a month where we can hear all the conversations. We can hear what the kids are saying, and we can hear what he's saying before we were comfortable enough letting him put on a headset and kind okay. of go into his own zone. But at those few moments after, if we're hearing the kids screaming and yelling, I would just come in, shut off the Xbox, and I would say, that is not okay. Yeah. It's language that your friends are using to each other, that you are using to them, that they, and sometimes in the background, it's like, Mom, get off, Mom, get off, get off. I hate you, Mom. Like, I'm playing yeah. my Xbox, right? And that's not, like, that's not okay with your friends. And every now and again, you see these glimmers of hope where one of the kids would be like, dude, you can't say that. You, you can't say that. And you, hopefully they're 9, 10, 11 and starting to build that up and not being the bad game culture that many of us have experienced as adults through some of that. But if we don't stop it now either, they're just going to continue that. But the only way that the you game to the school, the only way that you effectively manage it is if you you're right. If you, if you're willing to get in there with them, this bottom up because, you know, by by me actually one when I said said to him, I'll play with you. I I mean that was like a it was like a Christmas present. I mean he, he just lit up. He's like really, and the fact that he had an opportunity to sort of teach me, and and I was willing to be humble enough to be really bad at something. And he saw how poorly I managed that. Um, that was that backfired. No, um, but you know I'd be like, dude, slow down on your instructions. Like I can't. I don't like what you just said. It was like Chinese. I have no idea what you're saying. But by me playing and us connecting on that level and me understanding the game a little bit more, it it opened up sort of a a dialogue between us about the game. And so 
when I would say, what, what life skills do you think you're gaining? It's just from this. Like, what, how do you think this is going to help you in the future? And then he'd have some decent answers. And, and then, but then that, because I was willing to, to see the positive in it, instead of being like, all right, you just go in your room and you play that game I hate, but you have an hour and then come back out. And I don't, you know, and then I use this as sort of like leverage against them. Like, if you misbehave, I take it away, mm -hmm. you know. Um, instead, it's like, no, I, I dove in. I get it. I could get why people like this, you know. But it is like, I asked him once, I said, if you knew somebody that got shot and killed, do you think you'd like this game? Probably not. Yeah, I said, just, just put stuff in perspective. And and then, you know, I heard some things about the Fortnite addiction. And, and uh, so I shared it with him. And I was in, uh, he, he actually came up to me once. And he, he's like, you know, I... I, I see what you're saying because, like, I get so excited and I don't want to stop. And then I don't really want to be with my family. And he's like, and I really like being with my family. So I, I don't really like who I'm becoming. I was like, cool. I'm like, then, you know, so he was almost, he, I never really had to tell him, maybe a couple of times, like, just stop. You're down there too long. But he sort of came to the conclusion. Now, that's not a cure-all because it all, when you go back to school and all the kids are talking about Fortnite and you're far behind, there's such social pressure to get up to speed and be a part of that conversation, you know? And I turned to his friends as they were walking home from school, and I was like, hey, guys, instead of talking about Fortnite on the way home, why don't you talk about a book you read that you liked or a place you want to go on vacation? And, and his friend was, like, really, like, buying it. like. And then Miles was like, Dad, shut up. All right, anybody, Fortnite. I'm like, Miles, I was having a moment here. I think I, I, think I connected with this kid. Uh, but that's their world. But it's and, so hard, right? Yeah. And especially with Fortnite that has these seasons, right? So every four weeks, there's some new batch of content, some new thing. Like Marshmallow the Musician is coming into play, and it is just like a, a TV show where now that we swinging outside of binge TV, there's not a lot of appointment viewing TV that the whole culture kind of gets into anymore. Oh, did you see last night's episode of Friends, right? Mm -hmm. Other than a, a Game of Thrones episode, there's not a lot that really has this this culture grip and for them though it is the latest youtube episode from a friend of theirs that friend in quotes or not a, you know someone they're watching or the latest season on the game and that's what they're talking about and these games have kind of put these little nuggets of, of storytelling in there that are all alluding towards the next episode and they want to be in oh, and yeah. they want to speculate and that's good right that creates camaraderie and i think that's that's really fun where where it gets a little poisonous is the one-upsmanship it's the you know when we when we detached both the my cool kids kid from is not football. like the football player it's more the one that's like got the most kills in Fortnite. It could it could and, definitely and be was, that. Yeah. It's even worse when it is the both the football player and the for, he's also good at Fortnite. How dare he? And he's got the pretty girl. <laughs> what the? through any of that? And I think it's it's you know we disconnected both my kids for a brief while and they like you were saying they suddenly were ostracized. You know, through some of that, and then they came back and they weren't good enough. So it's the it, like as I as I've explained to them, it's just this hamster on a treadmill that you're just going to keep going after. So either it's you're not logging enough time, you're not good enough, you're not up to date, and you know what's going to happen? It's just going to shift from Fortnite to the next thing. Yeah, like Fortnite, you're never. And then gonna... where did you you ride hamster on the wheel? Like, wh how did you progress your life in that season of Fortnite? Like, wh where did it get you? Other got, than anxiety and panic. I and, got all 20 things, and I got all the skins, and I got all that. And then the next day, it's... And I think if you had that conversation with your kids, and I think with Blaze, it was like, okay, you know, instead of, like, us lecturing to kids, if you can give them the opportunity to to go in and say, yeah, you know what, I, I do want to relax more, escape more, but are there alternatives to video games? You know, uh, 
Yeah, you know, I do, I do get a little sort of negative. I don't, I don't focus on the positive. So are there a few trails where I could take a couple steps that would, that would change that dynamic a mm-hmm. little bit? So it's like you don't you know, solve these issues that the kids have overnight. You, you have to meet them where they're at. You know, you can't say no video games. Um, but can you start to sort of incrementally with small little micro actions each day um, steer them in a more positive direction where they're coming to the conclusion themselves rather than it being lectured from the top down. Yeah, we've really been juggling with the word consequence quite a bit. Yeah. This, uh, both what the consequence is and the word of consequences, if it's synonymous with the word punishment, right? And, and consequence is a life thing we need to teach you, right? The consequence of not working out means you're not as good on the sports team. That's yeah. not a punishment. That's a consequence of, of doing that. Yeah. You don't eat enough food. You don't have enough energy. You don't sleep enough. Yeah, action and inaction have consequences. Right. Versus punishment is you did an action that was uh, deemed by those who are in the room, whether it's a teacher or a, a leader or a parent, as needing to be course corrected. Yeah. And however that punishment ends up being, and that's the thing that we're really juggling with on how do you do some of that. And my, my older son also pointed out going, why does every consequence or punishment or whatever he wants to use of the moment always result in taking away my screen, right? Why don't you get more creative dad than that? <laughs> and I was like, oof. I mean, that's a good burn, right? Why does everything always have to be hitting right at the jugular to take away the thing that is potentially most important? Because we do them? it in a fit of sort of anger and we're being reactive because I've done it. I mean, they, to the point where they don't even take me serious. I'd be like, no TV, no tablets, no food for a week. I, don't, I won't say no food, but you know, like I'll, I'll just like, I'll throw the gauntlet down like I'm stripping everything that's meaningful to them. I'm taking all your Barbie dolls and I'm throwing them in the, you know, it's like, that doesn't work. No, but it, we've tried to elevate it a little bit more. Like they, we have, um, both my kids play Dungeons and Dragons at a local comic book store. And that costs $10 for them to go for a session yeah. and go, well, here's the consequence. Mommy and daddy just aren't going to take you and pay for it because that's also our time and our money. So you can still have your tablets and screens. You're just stuck at home while your friends are doing something else. And that's, you know, with the reward portion of Blaze, I mean, it's kids taking the action, earning the badges and the points or coins. And with the reward, it's like I, I have, you know, even though I'm building this, I still have to remind myself, like, Dude, you give them a lot, right? So if you really want them to be motivated, it's not the next luxury item that they want. It's like what do they just take for granted and get every day, right? Oh, like, yeah, well, just eat out, sure. Oh, you want dessert on a Thursday? Okay. You know, because that's just, you know. And but, you don't want to be like when I was a kid, right? No, you know, but blah, if blah, you, blah. you know, like my son, I mean, his phone is broke and now he wants, you know, an iPhone. And now the low, older models are, you know, you can get them for dirt cheap with a new line on your whatever. But, I, you know, the old me would be like, got the phone, here you go. And then a week later when he's acting, you know, bad, you know, I just give you things. You didn't even earn it. You know, it's like, well, whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. You know, so instead when I showed it to him, He's like, I was like, oh, cool. I'm like, but I had, I caught myself. I was like, yeah, but I'm going to make this a reward in Blaze and you got to earn. He goes, well, how many points? I'm like, one million points. <laughs> he's like, no. He's like, how about, you know, he starts negotiating. How about, uh, how about a thousand points? I'm like, dude, you'd get to that in a week. 
less than a week. I said, this has got to be something that you work for. And, uh, and I said, by the way, the last reward was a self-reward anyway, so you got to start thinking of other people. So you got to think about, you know, before you get this, right, like what is that selfless thing that you want to do? What, what do you want to work towards? I mean, it's a win-win. You're growing yourself, but what do you want to work towards that's going to make somebody else better and happier? And, uh, you know, kids are willing to go down that path. Like if you give them a framework in which to do it, and they do a little bit of research, I mean they're 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 good. They're they're good, kind, loving little humans. So um, that is one of the things that I like is that now there's like this balance to say, okay, we're going to work towards the iPhone. You're going to still work, right? I need to just give it to you. But before that, you're going to work towards doing something for somebody else. Um, and uh, so I want to, you know, because I don't know, I know you. You have a real job. Um, <laughs> so it, it, we've, we've sort of pivoted to, uh, to Blaze a little bit. Uh, and I know you're familiar with it. Um, and you've, you've taken a look and you know the different features in it. So why don't you talk, you know, we talked about the habits and skills that you wish your, your kids had um, or need to work on uh, to sort of prepare them to be successful in life. And then you talked a little bit about yourself as an individual and as a parent. Um, when you look at Blaze, uh, why? Um, how do you think you could use it as sort of an instrument? I mean, technology is technology. It's empty unless you put your heart and soul into it and you want to make it into something. So um, how would you use, uh, let, let Blaze sort of help you as a parent in terms of uh, growing your children in a positive direction? So I'm really excited about a lot of what Blaze has with the trails and how we can kind of put some of that out there. And I think, as I was mentioning earlier, the way that my kids use their calendar is how they drive what is the important thing of the day or of the moment and finding ways to pick goals, pick trails that require them to work on their own, on their own time and, the, and in their own capacity rather than a teacher or a leader or an adult motivating them to do a thing. Right. So if it was run a six-minute mile, if it's build a particular thing, if it's create a, a comic for the first time, right? Some of those are exciting things that I'd like them to put out there and find ways to keep doing that and matching both the, the personal completion aspect of it with the tracking aspect to see I've got a goal. And that's it just isn't a thing that we've really found something that's landed with them that says, what is a big goal, right? And sometimes the goals are too big, but what's a what's a place that you can put a little thing that's out there and then see how it's building stuff? Or you, you may have a big, but you got to break that into a little mini micro, right? So as you know, the, the trails are never more than five steps. Sometimes they're one step, sometimes they're five. Uh, sometimes it's a repeatable sort of action. Sometimes it's a series of different actions under a certain umbrella um, of growth. Um, and we never let them have any more than five active because we don't want, you know, I'm going to select 13. And then they're asking you to delete half of them because, oh, that was too hard, right? So in terms of, you talked about the busyness in the home. The last thing any family wants is a technology that's like overwhelming, right? And setting you up for failure. And we all, anyone that's been in self-improvement, you get a habit app and you get these different things and you just overcommit and you feel like a failure and you just never use it again. So in terms of the sort of the design and sort of the constraints around steps and number of active trails, um, and that you've seen the trails, I mean, the, the steps are pretty simple, like they're attainable. The kid's yeah. not going to look at them and be like, oh, that's too hard. That all said, um, how do you 
feel that design. I mean, you can be honest if you if you think it's uh, needs to change or you think it, it sort of works for today's modern world. What what are your thoughts around that? I think for one of the places where we've struggled is more generically around device usage, right? That the getting them to be able to check into a Blaze means they have to open up their tablet yeah. and now can they stay focused on the five minutes of Blaze activity before they're going to start drifting off into Minecraft or into whatever else uh, is there? Yeah. And that's just been a thing that we've been, as a fam- family, struggling with, right? We've created safe profiles and lockdown profiles on their tablets. <laughs> and as soon as we started locking down more and more of their stuff, the batteries are often drained. So finding a, it's going to require a couple of steps, right? Now we have to start keeping their devices charged. And then we also need to start trusting them to be able to get into the, the skill and explore and look for some of those moments. And when they are done, say, hey, I'm done. Can I go play a game after this? Not yeah. the sneaky, like, are you still doing Blaze over there? They're like, no, I'm on YouTube. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's that's not what we agreed upon. Yeah. So I think for me, that's probably one of the, the parental struggles of figuring out how do I balance the good of there versus the drift. Exactly. You know, and, and it's like anyone that's looking for the solution where, you know, you're not going to still have to be somewhat of a parent. <laughs> you know, so I, I know that. You know, I could say, Miles, you know, this is like you helped inspire Blaze. This is my company. You see me working at it. Why didn't you? You know, I could try to guilt him. right? But he's a kid. Right. I mean, he's got all the things he wants to do. That said, he said to me because uh, I had I said my daughter, I said, I said, Martha, you logged in yesterday. All you did was your mood tired. Well, now I know why you didn't do anything else because you were tired, you know, which was actually a good insight for me because, you know, like I w- otherwise I probably wouldn't even have considered like, why was she tired? You know? Um, and she was some, here's, here's the interesting thing. And he actually commented on this. He's like, you know, it's like, you don't really want, like you want to just do all the things you want to do. That's easy. But then when you actually go in blaze, it's like energizing and it feels good. Cause it's positive. It's all about you. It's the action you could take. You're, you're doing your moods, you're logging like a positive memory. It's like, it's a really great thing. And then you can see if your dad checked in, um, and he's like, and he's like, he turned to me today. He's like, Daddy, Blaze is going to be really big. And I'm like, well, why are you saying that? He goes, because when Marley actually got in it and she started, and she's a first grader, right? And so she was, it's it's simple enough that a first grader can navigate it. He's like, like she got so excited because it, she had their little step. She did it. She checked in. She did her mood. She put up a positive memory because she was super grumpy this morning. And he's like, I saw this like transformation and how she was. Now, if as a parent, I didn't sort of like say, get your butt in blaze, you know, you still need that, right? right? You hope eventually they'll, you know, but no, they're kids. Even me, like, you know, it's my product, but I'll go a couple of days, which is fine because the whole, the, re, the way I designed it was that there is no consequence to not being in it for two or three days. There's not going to be like a push notification. You suck. You know, like you haven't logged in. Everything okay? Right. You know, it's, it's even the... But they're used to, the kids are also used to streaks. Exactly. Right? So where, where do you find their streaks or in other terms, like don't break the, don't break the X, right? Just that, that they're kind of doing it each day. And even if they checked in and did the mood meter... That's enough. Like they did a moment, and at some point, 
they'll be able to look back and that is valuable data for them. Why am I always tired? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what would you check in the night before, right? Anxious. Uh, yeah. so. You went to bed late and all you ate was Cheez-Its yesterday. That might have something to do with it. That might do it. Well, I, I think about like Halloween, right? On Halloween, they get all this candy, right? And the, the first two days of that, they might gorge themselves. And if we let them, it's fine. But eventually they start to learn, to your point earlier, that too much candy is a bad thing. And I've kind of now lost the enjoyment of this. Yeah. And then it moves from either taking too many trails or taking too many easy trails to like, now I want to kind of like now use this a little bit more and inspire myself to try something that's a stretch. Yeah, it'll have, a, it'll have a sort of a, a positive uh, momentum effect in, sen- in the sense that the more you use it, the more it's representative of the best of you, so the more you'll want to come back and, and use it, you know, like, I love putting the positive memories in there. And even the goals, because the goal is like a vision board. It's like, it's not like, I need to get this done in 30 days. But no, it's like, just like throw something in there, like throw it against the wall, like, you know what? Uh, you know, I just want to be more positive for the next 24 hours. That's it. Throw it in there. It's not going to hold you accountable, but it's the act of even like, I think, expressing that and, and putting it in there is is positive. And then you got the positive memories. And um, well, and I, and I and I picked my kids up from school last night. I only do it on Tuesday nights. And I, and I picked them up and my older one said, Daddy, I want to get to bedtime and not have a single fight. And him declaring his intention. That's a trail he can write. Like, you know what I mean? Like go one day without a single fight. It's a one-step check-in. Bam. And and I loved knowing that that was his intention so I could make it my intention as well. And his brother, who was also in the car, heard it as well. And all three of us got to the end of the night without a single fight. So you should have... Which which one was it? Uh, Which kid? Yeah. Tristan. Tristan. Okay, so you have him uh, submit the trail with the form. And then we could publish it, and then you three could actually take it together, and we could have different versions. We could have the one step, so you just do it once. Once you guys feel like, ah, oh, we could, right. let's can do we get the, five days in a row. Yeah, let's. Can we do five? Can we do three? Yeah. Um, and along the lines of streaks, I'm 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 trying to build in through the beta and testing, um, like if you have three check-ins in one day. Bam! Extra 10 points, right? If you uh, complete five trails in five days, bam, right? So it's sort of like I want these sort of surprise, you know, accolades and bonuses for kids that are continuing to uh, engage. Um, and, you know, that it's like the candy crush for it. I mean, you're the gamer. You know all those things. You know, th- those things matter, right? Especially in this day and age. You need that sort of frequent sense of achievement. Well, and the check-in with the app is the equivalent to the check-in with themselves. Yeah. And that's the ha- the behavior that we want to reinforce because a lot of the times adults will have gone through a whole day and not understand really what has gone on inside internally with them, with other people, right? And yeah. you're teach- you know, so it's teaching that sense of empathy first with themselves so then they can start recognizing it in other people is important too. Yeah. Well, um, we could talk for days, but um, nobody wants to sit and talk to us and listen to us for days. Maybe they do. I don't know. Frankie doesn't. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, Brian, thank you. Thank you for taking a break yeah, I'm during excited about your the, busy the, day. This, uh, this journey. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, this is Justin, founder of Blaze uh, Podcast with Ryan Bond. And uh, thanks again, Ryan. And everyone have a wonderful day.